Y'all know what time it is. Y'all know what that sound means. It's time for the hazard hour. It's your boy Two Dogs. We got some stuff to get into today, tribe. We got some stuff to get into. We're just gonna go jump right into it. Cause cause I think it's needed. I think it's needed for sure. Go ahead, sound that alarm. Put it all out there, boy. We got a We got a bad one on our case here. We got a bad one. tonight the staggering warning from the nation's top infectious disease doctor that millions could be infected by coronavirus and just how many Americans could die. I would say between 100 and 200,000. As governors warned, they're running out of medical supplies. The president backs off his threat to quarantine the New York area. Instead, the CDC issuing a new travel advisory as some states now stop visitors at checkpoints. This is the line of cars to get into Florida. The possible new treatment one hospital is trying could a blood transfusion from coronavirus survivors help others beat the disease tornadoes touched down in the south homes and businesses destroyed how the doctor made famous in this photo managed to survive grocers threatening to strike tomorrow millions could be affected what you need to know to go grocery shopping safely and there's good news tonight the newspaper delivery man who's now running errands for his senior customers and so many across this country delivering kindness this is nbc nightly news with kate snow good evening glad you're joining us tonight we have a lot of developments to tell you about and wish it were all positive but it's not president trump late today extending the federal guidelines for social distancing through april 30th he said the death toll expected to peak in about two weeks with hopes of a recovery he said by june earlier today the nation's leading infectious disease doctor anthony fauci warned that the nation could see millions of cases of coronavirus and a dire death toll we begin tonight with kathy park in New York. As a coronavirus continues its deadly march across the country, this warning for Americans. Looking at what we're seeing now, you know, I would say between 100 and 200,000 cases, excuse me, deaths. I mean, we're going to have millions of cases, but I, I just don't think that we really need to make a projection when it's such a moving target. What we do know, Jay, is that we got a serious problem in New York. We have a serious problem in New Orleans, and we're going to be developing serious problems in other areas. This after the CDC issued a late Saturday travel advisory for New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut residents, telling them to refrain from non-essential domestic travel for two weeks. The notice creating confusion after President Trump first weighed the possibility of a short-term quarantine in those states, but later backed away from the idea. Governors were given full discretion over the new rollout and said the advisory is already in practice. It's totally consistent with everything we're doing. That's something that, uh, as I say, it's de facto happening already. We're uh, discouraging people from traveling. 
uh, and making sure they stay as home as much as possible. With at least 59,000 positive cases and approximately 42% of coronavirus deaths in the U.S. centered in New York, Governor Andrew Cuomo extended the stay-at-home order through April 15th, stretching into major holidays like Easter and Passover. The state is trying to get ahead of the outbreak's peak, mobilizing a temporary hospital at this Manhattan Convention Center and awaiting the arrival of a U.S. naval ship that will provide extra beds for non-COVID-19 cases. And even more help is on the way. The president announcing that a flight arrived at JFK with millions of critical medical supplies for health care workers stretched thin. And after pressure from New York's governor, the governor of Rhode Island repealed the executive order that had police and National Guard members knocking on doors and checking cars for visiting New Yorkers, telling them they must self-quarantine for 14 days. Knocking on doors? <laughs> Looking for New Yorkers? Yo, bugging, bugging. And Kathy joins us now live from the Javits Center here in Manhattan. Kathy, normally that's a convention center now being made into an emergency field hospital. When will that be ready to operate and what's happening in Central Park? Well, Kate, a thousand beds have been added to the convention center behind me turned temporary hospital and should be ready to go come tomorrow. And you mentioned Central Park. There is another emergency field hospital that's currently in the works. We saw triage tents going up today, and those should be operational on Tuesday. To Damn. The U.S. could see 200,000 deaths in over a million cases, confirmed cases of COVID-19. A million cases, but 200,000 deaths. And that's a, probably a safe number. That's a safe number, probably. They're expecting somewhere around 200,000. 200,000 of you, of us, may not see the end of 2020. Did y'all sign up for that? I know I didn't. I didn't sign up for that. 200, I'm a I. Uh, for damn, for damn, you ain't gonna catch me being one of the two hundred thousand. I hope not. Treat COVID nineteen patients, Kate. As cases surge across the country, another administration official is warning the worst is yet to come for America's cities. Some so concerned they're taking action to screen travelers coming in from other states. Aaron McLaughlin has that story. Tonight, as the spread of COVID nineteen accelerates. A warning. All corners of the country are at risk and America's cities vulnerable. Every metro area should assume that they could have an outbreak equivalent to New York. Sunday, new disaster declarations in Connecticut, Oregon, Georgia, and a disaster request from Pennsylvania, where confirmed cases spiked by more than 20%. Please stay calm, stay home, stay safe. In Louisiana, there's worry. They're days away from potential catastrophe. We're on a trajectory currently to exceed our capacity in the New Orleans area for ventilators by about April the 4th. But there's also defiance. Despite an order banning gatherings larger than 50, Pastor Tony Spell refuses to cancel Sunday service, attended by hundreds. The church, again, is not a non-essential. Okay. The church is the most essential thing in all the world. 
He gonna get y'all asses killed in there. Oh my god. Huge concern is that if people start to travel south, then we are gonna have um, a huge uprise in our cases. In Florida, they're expanding checkpoints at major interstates, screening motorists coming from COVID hotspots. Damn, now you can't even ride with a blunt no more, man. You got a checkpoint pop pop up on your ass. Entry permit. While states see a surge of cases, including Michigan, Detroit's now home to the third largest outbreak behind New York and Chicago. Damn. Here too, there's a concern about resources. The scarcity of resources is not something I thought I would ever have to face in this country, and I know that in my state it's already happening. Similar worry in California, where there's more than 5,000 confirmed cases. This weekend, the number in critical care doubled to more than 400, and across the country, convention centers now turned makeshift hospitals. And Aaron's with us now. Aaron, Texas adding new restrictions tonight. That's right, Kate. Today, Texas announced new restrictions for anyone flying in from cities such as Miami and Detroit. New checkpoints along the Louisiana border. Kate. All right, Aaron, thank you. We mentioned at the top of the broadcast, President Trump briefing the nation late this afternoon. He made news on several fronts, including just how long we will all have to stick to those social distancing guidelines. Kelly O'Donnell joins us now live from the White House. Kelly, how much longer and exactly what does it mean? Look, if you don't want to be part of that 200,000 getting smoked this year, stay home. Wash your crusty, dusty-ass hands and stay to yourself. You always wanted to stay to yourself. Everybody's always talking about, oh, man, I just want to be alone. Here, you got a chance. Well, this is a stunning and in some ways surprising announcement from President Trump, who had been talking about wanting to get the country back to work today in the Rose Garden. He told reporters that the extended federal guidelines will go until April 30th. He does not believe the country will be back on track until June 1st. And this is a president who had been anxious to get the country back to normal. I asked him if he is okay with this decision, and he talked about the fact that he had been told by the doctors that this could be a number of deaths exceeding a couple of million if there were not these severe steps to try to mitigate that. And so even with the potential for 100,000 deaths, he believes these actions are necessary, is asking the public to remain at home through the month of April. These are sobering words for a president who wanted to get back to normal. Kate? That's big news for all of us. Kelly O'Donnell at the White House. Kelly, thank you. As the virus spreads globally, borders are shutting too. It is a nightmare, of course, for Americans trapped in other countries, travelers who just couldn't make it out quickly enough. Sarah Harmon has some of their stories. Tonight, tens of thousands of Americans are stranded overseas. Damn. In India, there's chaos as the government imposes a lockdown on more than a billion people, including Peter Joseph from San Diego. He's been stuck in his hostel for eight days. We feel completely not heard. Uh, We feel abandoned. On the other side of the world, Peru closing its borders virtually overnight, sending Americans scrambling to the airport. Yes, looking forward to going home. You should have left a long time ago. Aaron Rodgers describing his own harrowing escape in a radio interview. There was some moments where we were worried we were not going to get out. It was absolute pandemonium at the airport. Should have left too. Oh, stupid ass. Yesterday, the only meal we got was lunch. Zachary Mextroth has been stuck in a youth hostel in Cusco for 13 days. You got a repatriation flight through the State Department, but you weren't allowed to leave the youth hostel. Correct. So... 
the hostel manager said that if I were to leave with that document, I would get arrested. The State Department saying we have no higher duty than to protect American citizens and have launched an unprecedented global effort to bring home our citizens from every corner of the globe. But not everyone can be rescued easily. Those on cruise ships stranded at sea, unwelcome in any harbor. Damn. The Zan Dam off the coast of Panama, carrying four dead and more than a hundred oh, nah. tonight, transferring its healthy passengers to another vessel. A stranded Yo, if you was on a cruise ship during this joint, yo, they won't let you into any harbors. You have to stay on the ship. Some of these people are staying on somebody's ship with people who have passed away and a hundred plus sick. You're trapped on this so-called vacation cruise vessel. You're going to have the time of your life. You're going to get to see the seven seas. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. No. No. You're stuck on a giant ass ship. Rocking all damn day. All them damn seagulls. Oh my. See? That's why I'm glad I'm not a traveler like that. Americans around the world. Yeah, damn. When and how they'll ever get home. You ain't. Sarah Harmon. <laughs> you ain't. News. Not Tonight, for a couple months, yo. Pandemic, thousands of people Ooh, in the south they the they shipping them vessel to vessel, yo. Vessel to vessel. They won't even let them touch hit. foot on Jonesboro, the state. Our Morgan it's getting bad, y'all. Can we hit him with the biohazard? Hit him with it. Hit him with it. The warning's coming. Just in time. Minutes later, a direct hit on Jonesboro, Arkansas. The tornado swelling by the second. One store owner nearly Ooh. caught in its path. Watching the twister chew through buildings. All queens, he's on the ground. Hey, Jimmy Jonesboro, I've seen hell. In the storm's wake, miles of destruction and more than 20 people injured. The city mayor saying their shelter in place for coronavirus may have actually saved lives. I will say that, and I hate to say this, but with the coronavirus, I think there was not as many people in that building. Yeah. And it could have been much worse. For Dang. the Burke family, the storm hits especially hard. Jared is a doctor, now living apart from wife Alyssa and son Zeke. His work with COVID-19 patients, keeping him from moments like this. This photo from just days ago captured the father high-fiving his son through a glass door. The picture taken in a home that no longer stands. On her Facebook page, Alyssa wrote, Our house is gone. Jared was inside, but he survived by the grace of God. Please pray for us as we begin to pick up the pieces. Tonight, the family's fate shared by dozens of others, now fighting to move forward from one crisis. To another. For sure. We live Dang. in strange times. That is times. bananas. Absolutely bananas. We do live in a strange time. This is definitely a... Morgan Chesky, NBC. It's fucking bananas, though. He had to high-five his little son through the glass. The damn coronavirus is real, bro. News. And one other note tonight, among the coronavirus deaths we learned about today, country music superstar Joe Diffie died of complications due to the virus. Diffie became well-known in the 90s with several number one singles, among his most popular tunes, Prop Me Up Beside the Jukebox and John Deere Green. The Grammy winner was born and raised in Oklahoma. 61. Joe Diffie 
was just 61 years old. Still ahead, the race for a cure. Could a blood transfusion from a coronavirus survivor help others fight the disease? And workers at a major grocery delivery service are threatening to strike tomorrow. How it could impact your family. Great. The damn grocery people are about to go on strike. We're back now with a deeply Wonderful. personal look at a Get your groceries. an intensive care nurse. Like so many of our healthcare heroes, she's working around the clock, tending to coronavirus patients and also taking care of her own family during this difficult time. This is her story. Time to start the day. Good morning. My name is Elise Sopo. I'm a nurse practitioner in the medical ICU at North German Hassett. I'm about to take my temperature. Because every morning and every night, I'm taking my temperature to make sure I stay healthy to take care of my patients. So I'm by one of the nurses. What is our temperature right supposed to be? Does anybody fucking know that? Watching in the room what is your sure temperature supposed okay to be? With the Ninety something. The unit that I work in is a COVID. I guess as long as you ain't in the ninety, ninety-nine to hundred, you good. Sickest patients that we have in the health system right now. People are 20, 30, 40, 50, much younger than we expected. This is the tubing from the ventilator. The ventilator is the breathing machine that goes to a patient. The tube goes into the patient's mouth, into the patient's lung, and inflates and deflates the lungs to help you breathe. If a patient's heart is not doing well, we put them on a cardiac bypass machine. This only affects the lungs and helps with the breathing. So now we need to bypass the lungs and this machine will purify the lungs and oxygenate the patient and give the patient oxygen while his lungs are healing. Oh gosh. So basically you got a lot of stuff that's going into all this stuff, y'all. Goodness gracious. tears and crying right now because I'm so tired. But I'm going to take a deep breath and keep going on. I think I just needed that a little let down. But now I'm going to continue on and powering through back into the unit to stay strong. Today is day five of a 13-hour shift week. I usually do three days a week. I'm up to five 13-hour shifts this week, and I'm tired. So I'm about to change my scrubs to head home to see my babies. Our deepest thanks to Elisa Sopo and everyone working right now. As researchers race for a cure, a hospital in Houston is the first in the nation to try using the blood of a coronavirus survivor. To oh, cure they freestyling, yo. Joining me now is NBC They freestyling now. They don't know how to get rid of this. Yo, hit them with the biohazard again, man. Hit them with the biohazard, man. How would this experimental treatment work? Golly, they are freestyling, yo. They are freestyling. Blood. And they don't know what they're doing. They using now. They using the blood of. They using other people's blood. Oh damn! Damn. Antibodies from people that have survived COVID-19 have no evidence of infection ongoing, and give this to individuals who are either critically ill, like the Houston case, or frontline health workers. Those over 65 years of age who don't have evidence of infection, maybe we can prophylax against infection so there's a lot of hope a lot of excitement uh, let's see what happens let's see what happens i want to turn to the shortage of ventilators there have been reports about hospitals splitting ventilators what are the risks involved in doing that you know we don't 
we don't get trained. I'm a pulmonologist. We don't get trained in how to manage multiple patients on one ventilator. It's not common. There are a lot of risks. The biggest risk is that you only have ability to set ventilator settings for one type of setting. And so that you can't manage one patient might need one type of setting. Another patient may need another type of setting. So it's hard to give precision medicine, nuanced oh. care to multiple critically ill patients in the setting of splitting. So it's just, there's a lot of things that can happen. You're going to have to give them more sedation possibly. And that's also associated with that outcome. So there's a lot of reasons to get that this should give us pause. All right, Dr. Gupta, I know you continue to see patients yourself while also helping us understand. Thanks so much. When we come back, workers at a major grocery delivery service threatening to strike. What you need to know. Yo, I promise if they strike, man, that's a wrap. You can't have the food Instacart, industry striking. which has been delivering food to millions lately, is threatening to go on strike. Sam Brock has the story. As many as 200,000 Instacart workers could instantly be off the front lines as early as tomorrow. Oh, no. A lot of us are really literally making the decision between, you know, our health and our financial security right now. They're demanding hazard pay and better safety gear or they'll strike. No longer shopping for and delivering your groceries. Ooh. Instacart telling employees through blog post, we're immensely grateful for all that you do to support families and people in need. They're offering more than a month of pay for anyone diagnosed with COVID-19 and one-time bonuses. The anxiety also being felt at traditional grocers. Is it scary at all to go to work right now? I don't sleep much because I'm scared of what I will bring home to my children. Candace Oglesby lives in North Texas. Her son is immunocompromised. Oh, the cashier says she's in contact with people all day Every long. Every damn day. And wants her national grocery employer, who she's not identifying, to acknowledge that and pay. They're putting their life and they're putting their safety and their health on the line. For real. Many of America's largest grocery stores have ramped up pay and protections, from temporary salary hikes to bonuses. $2. $2. Across the board, companies are putting up plexiglass at registers, installing social distancing reminders, cleaning stores around the clock grocers in particular are crazy yo crazy this is crazy yo but they are at a higher risk than the general public if you're worried about your safety when shopping anytime you use any surface that people touch a lot like card handles for example make sure you wipe it down with a disinfectant wipe wear gloves or you can also use a cloth as a barrier if you need to once you get inside the supermarket Stand at least six feet away from everybody else and do not touch your face. And once you get home, you have all these bags, every surface they touch. And for anything that comes inside of a box, take the contents out and wipe that off too. As shelves remain stuck, goodness gracious, the people making sure they stay that way deemed essential employees. By only That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work to, to have to remember, yo. And testing. I would give anything to be able to test myself right now. Sam Brock, NBC News, Miami. Damn, man. That's fucking bananas. That is literally fucking bananas. I can't remember to do all that shit. And I definitely know I'm not going to remember to do all that shit. Crazy. man who's dropping off a whole lot more than just the paper. There is some good news tonight about the good deeds by and for the hardworking people bringing us mail, packages, and newspapers. Is it silk almond milk? Is it silk? It all started when newspaper delivery man Greg Daly was grocery shopping and suddenly thought about an 88-year-old customer. You know, I thought to myself, well, if Mrs. Ross can't get the paper at her sidewalk, which is probably 20 feet, 
How'd she get groceries? He called her, and sure enough, she needed items. Five minutes later, I'm standing online to pay for the stuff that I, that I have, and she called me back. Oh, that's good. And good for she you. Goes, Greg, would you mind grabbing something for Mrs. Miller across the street? That's when he started putting this note inside every newspaper he delivers, offering to pick up groceries or basically anything. They're amazing people, and you know. See, you can always do good, even in a rotten situation. And we'll let that dude keep that moment. You know what I mean? It's my show. So we're going to let me keep this moment. But like I was saying, that, that's, the, that's the rap right there. That's the rap. Hit him with it one more time. Hit him with it. Wash your hands. Dishpan ham mentality. You go to the grocery store, you can't stand next to people. They putting up shields, sheets. They putting up all types of crazy shit, they said. That's what they're doing. People are getting bumped up pay. Do you go to work? Do you not go to work? Do you risk your life? Do we just wait? Do we just wait for it to blow over? Does it go away? Are you infected now? Are you not infected? Do you have symptoms? Do you not have symptoms? Should I have symptoms? Because a lot of people don't have symptoms. And a lot of people don't show symptoms. And they walk around people for two weeks. Then they get the symptoms. So who gave me the goo? Who gave me the germ? Where did I get the germ? Who gave me the germ? Was it from the gas pump? From the ATM? Did I walk past somebody? Did they sneeze and I walked past their mist three hours later? Ridiculous. I don't know about you, but to me, that sounds like a weapon. That sounds like a weapon that was designed. It's unlike any of the other one. We got all these manuscripts, all these documents talking about in and around 2020. Uh, uh, acute respiratory infection will be unleashed upon the earth just to vanish in the. I swear to goodness, if this, if I, yo, for real, real talk, if this epidemic goes away during the summer, like that book. That I saw said it goes away during the summer. Then comes back in 10 more years. Just to disappear altogether. Y'all know some shady shit happened. And you he you heard it already. You sat there and you read it. Some fuckery going on. Some dastardly fuckery shit going on. And you know it. But let's see. 200,000. That's a safe number. Of you won't make it out of 2020. To even get to fact check this. Shit, I may not get out of 2020 just to fact check this. But I ain't gonna sit here and act like we ain't woke to this shit. They don't fuck. And, and you know what? I wonder. Did the motherfuckers fuck up? The damn Mission Impossible people. They were supposed to stop a dude from letting the plague out on the whole earth. And them niggas failed. And them niggas failed, yo. Some real life James Bond shit. Them niggas failed. Now we all gotta sit home and fucking do this shit. 
but it's okay. Don't look for me for that rent if I can't go to work. Don't try to come up in my house or try to come up to my residence taking my temperature, asking me this and that, though. Don't come up in my house trying to take any weapons, though. And you better, you better not close them damn grocery stores down. Because you're going to see it really pop off. And y'all know what it is. It's the hazard out. We just say what we got to say. We in and we out, people. It's your boy Two Dogs, man. Wash your hands, man. Wash your hands. This is the dishpan hand zone. You take your temperature before you come up in here, man. Take your temperature before you listen to the show, too. We don't, we don't know how it's getting spread. So wear your masks. Wear your gloves. Don't listen to people saying you only have to wear masks when you're infected. Man, you better put them shits on ASAP, my nigga. If you want to sleep with that shit, you might as well. They don't know how it's. They don't know how it's getting spread. They don't. They don't know how to treat it. They damn near using people's blood like vampire soup. Man, they got the Dr. Seuss eating the green eggs and hams in this shit before the end of it. Man, you heard it here, man. We ain't playing with this shit, bro. Keep your keep your hands clean, your face clean. If they come and get you, they come and get you. You know what I mean? And if you got a kid who gets it, unfortunately from what I heard, if your kid gets it, they may have to take your kid from you. You may, you know, and you got to go. The kid goes by themselves. You can, you can FaceTime them, but they got to go. You know, I've heard stuff like that. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's true, but it is what it is. So be safe out there, peeps. This, this, this is a dirty one. Coronavirus. Coronavirus. <laughs> we out, man.